This is a great question, panelists. Are you guys ready? Can you share some of your stories? This is good. Referencing not getting any protection and waiting. So somebody says to you about not getting protect, protection and waiting. Can you tell some stories of how you maybe turned that around? I think that's what Ruthie's meaning here. So let's give them some heartfelt stories, guys. Dr. Martha. So I, I think I got the, the question correct, but um, I had during tax season, a very, very wealthy person that called in, she looked for mortgage protection. She sent in the form. She had a really beautiful home right at the base of the stratosphere in Las Vegas, where I live. It's where the Rat Pack used to live. Sorry, my screen's slow. I'm not sure what's happening. Can you hear me still? My screen is freezing. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. So, so her name was Mary and um, had two homes, one in Dallas, one here in Vegas. And she was getting the mortgage protection for his son so that the son could have the Vegas house. We went through and had some great conversations. She was all set to go. And then she said, I have this CPA. I can't stand him. But my CPA is telling me, Mary, stay focused on getting your taxes done. And then anything else you're going to do after the 15th. So I call her on just after April 15th. And I get a return call from her son. And the son said, my mom went to her, her college reunion in San Diego, had a massive heart attack and didn't make it. So I always tell everybody the story of Mary. And I, when I'm saying, and I'm in the home with them, I'm saying, you know, you're healthy today. That could change in any at any time. Let's take your application while you can answer all those health questions. Yes, today. And um, and and that helps. They, they realize that it, it could change. Another quick one, a 23 a couple, sorry, 32-year-old couple, mortgage protection. We have the appointment scheduled for 4.15 on a Friday. At 3.15, a spouse, the, the wife calls and said, we can't make it because my husband was just diagnosed with cancer. So always, always, always move on. Move. Those are very real stories for me and feel free to share them, you know, borrow them. But there, it's it's really important when you're with that family that they they take that application while they're healthy because it can change. Thanks, Dr. Martha. That's ugh. that's why we do what we do, guys. I mean, that's how it goes. Belle, who you got there with you? We have Kaylin Reedy here this morning. We're out in Oklahoma. We have been working, like working. This girl is on fire. So a um, couple of stories. One, um, I will talk about how we did do something, even though they didn't want to. So um, his name was actually David Wood, Diane. His name was David Wood. And it's <laughs> not just David me. Wood. <laughs> right, exactly. No, because my David Wood, um, he lived in a very rural area in uh, Washington. And uh -huh. this was back in 2016, one of my first clients. And I, I'll never forget, it was October 2016. I'd only had my license for like, what is that, four months. And I had another agent that was riding along with me that day. 
and we had a really bad storm coming through our area. Like it was knocking trees down type of storm. Power was going out across counties and I had appointments that day. And my first thought to get up that day was like most people's first thought is, should I go? And then I thought, I have this agent riding along with me. I have to go. And then I got this bright idea. I'd stop at the little, uh, like we had a Rite Aid not far from our house. And I bought a bunch of tea lights, the little candle light, um, tiny candles that burn for like two hours. I bought a bunch of tea lights. And like at each house I go to, I'll just give them a pack of tea lights in case their power goes out. It's just like a kind guest gesture, that sort of thing. Nice. So we're running our appointments. The storms are raging, like literally like downed power lines, trees down. I get to Mr. David Wood's place. Now he lives off of the old logging road. So you, it's like, kind of like my, my hometown. So I wasn't intimidated when he said, you turn off the paved road onto the dirt road, right? Those were the directions, but because that's where I'm from, that didn't bother me. I go up that dirt road and about halfway down, there's a tree across the road. And so I call Mr. David and I was like, and Mr. David, we have our appointment. There's a tree across the road and I can't get through. And, uh, and I, and I, I did something I'm telling you, don't ever do this. Cause this is what I did. Don't do this. I said, would you want to reschedule for when we can come back? And he said, no. And I'm so grateful. He said, no, let me grab my chainsaw. So he grabbed his chainsaw, he drove down the road, he cut that tree up. And I have pictures of it on my phone. I'll show you all someday because I have pictures of the tree across the road. I have pictures of me and my genius trying to move a tree from across the road because it wasn't that big. But y'all, all trees are big because it's a freaking tree. Anyways, I couldn't move the tree. He comes down with a chainsaw. He cuts it up. Come in his son-in-law. We go up to his house to run the appointment and the power goes out. And I'm like, okay, well, I got my tea lights, right? So we light these tea lights all over his living room. Now he's a bachelor. He's in his mid seventies and he has these hunting dogs. Hunting is his passion. And these hunting dogs rule the living room. Like the couch was the dog's couch. There was no kitchen table to sit at. So we're sitting on the dog's couch that have free range of the home. And on the wall behind us, there's all these trophies like a big moose head deer head like like all these tro- and the wind is blowing so hard hard enough to knock down trees that these trophies on the wall are like rattling and I'm like this moose head's gonna fall on me and I'm gonna die in this appointment right that's what I'm thinking but we're going through the process with Mr. David and um he's in great health in fact he's in such great health that in two days is duck season starts and he's going duck hunting and he will be out duck hunting, like out in the, the, you know, woods for like the next two weeks straight for the whole like duck hunting season. Uh-huh. And so he knew what he wanted. He had just taken out a, a loan against the property and his daughter and son-in-law had a trailer on the property. And he was concerned that if he died, they couldn't pay the loan back and they would lose their home because they would lose the land that it was sitting on. And so um, we ran some quotes. He wanted the full amount he could get. It, it was like a, a mutual of Omaha living promise, full benefit for like 25,000. That was the, you know, mm-hmm. the max he was eligible for, whatever the max was. And he said, it sounds great. Fits in my budget. Let's do it after I get back. And I was like, Mr. David, or he said, I want to check around is what he said. That's Mr. David, you're getting ready to go duck hunting for two weeks. We both know you're not checking around. Let's go ahead and apply, see if we can get you approved. And then when you get back from duck hunting, if you find something better, we can always cancel this and go with something better. But let's just get you approved. 
He's like, all right, it's a great idea. Took the application, he got approved. That was in October. He died of a massive heart attack in December, right in his daughter's front yard. He'd gone down, they were doing a pre-Christmas celebration. He'd gone down to meet the family that was coming over and he literally collapsed in the front yard and died. That claim was paid. Mutual of Omaha paid the full death benefit on that. There was nothing in his records to indicate he had ever had any heart issues. There was nothing. Um, and it paid the full claim. And I think about that all the time about it was the storm. There was the tree in the road. The power was out. He said, let's wait. There were so many pieces along the way that would have been so easy to say, this is too hard today. This is too complicated today. Let's just put it off. The biggest lie we tell ourselves is that we have more time. It's the biggest lie we always tell ourselves that we have time. So that's a story that ended well because we moved forward. Have another story, didn't end well. Mortgage protection. I go in um, to take care of the family. We have a stay-home mom and we have a, a working spouse. And they were just so adamant that they only get something on the breadwinner right now. Only get something on the breadwinner. Did not get anything on the stay-home mom. That was in March. In June, she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Terminal cancer. She was in her mid-30s. Terminal cancer and died with nothing. And the financial devastation on that family from the non-income earner was massive. They still had children at home. The logistics of trying to... to to get the support they needed, like that that costs money. To replace what a stay-at-home mom does is expensive. It's very expensive. So never undervalue the value of that stay-at-home parent because if you had to replace the transportation costs, the childcare costs, the housekeeping costs, like all that other stuff is enormous. Plus the time off work to grieve. The time off work to grieve. Um, and we we didn't. I I bought their I bought their story, Diane. Somebody's always being sold, and I bought their story that we'll we'll work on her later because it's not as important. And that was it was it was wrong. It was the wrong answer. And so I didn't know it, but I was their last shot. You don't know when you walk in that home if you're their last shot at getting this done before the tragedy happens. So those are my two stories. One that ended. Wow. Um, one that did not end well. And I got a bunch more, but I'll leave it to the others. Well, thanks, Bill. And you know what, uh, guys, as you can hear this, you know, somebody's being sold. That's just the answer. You're either buying their excuses or they're buying the reason why they need to do it right now. And so I'm hoping, I, I know, Ruthie, you asked this question, but I'm, I'm sure everybody else is writing notes and thinking because you're letting them off the hook when you do that. And you don't have a crystal ball. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And you know, somebody could walk out today. I mean, I could tell you, I have stories like, just like those guys were saying, and you have to make a decision when you go and you're talking to somebody either virtual or you're going to see them that you are going to do everything in your power. So you don't end up with a story like that. And tell those stories. Tell us, do what you have to do. Uh, we used to have this thing, you know, if you don't get thrown out, <laughs> you didn't try hard enough. We don't say that anymore, but yeah. 
Marty. Maybe we should. Um, I know. This is a, a similar experience, but with a, a quote unquote happy ending. I was new and naive and newer. I'd been here about a year. Um, so this is after my six month of no money, I was actually making sales, but I was still relatively what I would call thin in the business. I was just there to kind of do what they said they needed and get out. And so, um, I met with a couple in Oklahoma city. So this is three hours away from where I was living and they had just bought a $250,000 house. I remember the appointment distinctly because I was still new and they didn't have a, a, a cleaned off table. So I just sat on the couch. And I remember specifically one of, they had two little boys and one of them hugged onto my leg the entire time I was there. And so I thought it was odd, but I was told don't do anything to upset the client. Boy, happy, parent, happy. And so we, we, you know, filled everything out, got the husband taken care of. And I, I asked, and I said, do you have any concern about I don't remember her name, but do you have any concern about your spouse? And he was like, no, she's a stay-at-home mom. Um, we just want to make sure that if if I go, that the money st- keeps coming in or the house is paid for. I was like, okay. I got to the front door. And again, I'm not putting my religious beliefs in anyone's face or whatever, but I was checked at the door. I had I was packed up. I was leaving. I already did the selfies, you know, and, and I'm leaving. And I'm like, man, I just got to ask you again. If something happens to her, what are you going to do? And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you got two little boys and you work full time. And that was kind of where it clicked for him. I was like, someone's going to have to watch the, the boys because your family's not in Oklahoma City. And so we went back in and it was like $56 for a $250,000 policy. That was on Friday. Sunday night, she got hit by a drunk driver and died. I hadn't even turned in the application because we were still doing paper apps. So I sent everything off Monday morning um, to Forrester's Strong Foundation. I had left a conditional receipt saying all things being equal. You're saying you're going to make your first payment as soon as you're approved, et cetera, et cetera. I got a call Monday afternoon and was informed of what happened and and so they processed the application as if she was alive it took about three days they processed the application they took the 56 dollars out of the 250 and they paid the claim and so it's just one of those things to where you're just like ah okay it's just another reason for me to come back i'll come back this is another touch and that's what i I was always telling myself i'm just giving myself another reason to go back but at the end of the day we we don't know we don't know. I mean, I could have just put her in a, a 50 or, you know, a $30 accidental policy and it still would have paid, but they ended up going with the full plan because I said one thing that jogged his thought process. And I said here, I don't know about Oklahoma, but in Texas, it's going to cost around 40 to $50,000 a year to replace her. Like if you're having to pay someone to do her job, it's going to cost you around 40, 50 grand a year. And they, and the boys were like 12 and seven. And so there was no, you know, get out of, you know, having to do that kind of situation. And so guys, I just want everyone to understand I've had in 13 years of doing this, I've had over 30 death claims and every single appointment I may have forgotten until I got the call about the person passing. And then immediately I remember the appointment and I remember having a conversation. I remember laughing about this or whatever. And so I think too often we come into this business because we're here to just make a buck when really we're making a difference and the bucks just come. So 
Hope that helps you guys kind of understand what we do is very, very important. And a lot of times their thought process just needs to be adjusted by a quick question. Throw something at them, give them a stat, you know, throw just, you're fishing, you're throwing lines out. Maybe one of them will bite. Marty, that's, I'm, I'm so sorry. You, we all, you know, we experienced that. And it's like, oh Lord. First death claim. Yes. First death claim. Guys, I want you to know that I'm spending a little longer here because this is where the sales made as well. And if you're just being transactional, that is a problem. So don't think of it differently as not being transactional. Joe. Yeah, um, these are all great stories and we can go on and on with these. I had a, had a guy who, here, gentlemen, um, and this is the, the power of not pivoting, right? So uh, I had a gentleman that I went to go see. He was 67 years old, and it was awesome. The guy reminded me of my dad, you know, it was just the coolest connection. Right? And um, I ended up looking at his situation, and I remember we tried to write him uh, a level policy, and uh, and then he got declined. I was so bummed about it. And it was one of those ones where you got to do it like actually in the house. So I could have pivoted to another kind of product like accidental death insurance. But I was like, shoot. And I, I just was like, well, I guess you can't do anything. And I think I was embarrassed. And so I, I left with not being able to do anything for the client, right? Well, I got a got a uh, call about four days later and it was from the guy's son and the gentleman had apparently fallen down the steps at a header and he was gone and they're like i heard he had this policy and i'm like you did it you know <laughs> like like he got declined and it was like i should have worked harder to get some kind of coverage in place for him, but hit it, man. So um, there was nothing. So I need to take the L on that. I was that was a rough one. So that that was one of the things that actually made me start thinking a lot more about making sure that I'm offering clients something. I was even on the phone yesterday with some people who were telling me all kind of things when I was booking appointments with them. They were trying to talk me out of writing them. They're like, I got this. I got that, I got whatever, like, blah, and like, but I know now I have something that I can offer them. But that was, that came from lessons from years, years and years ago. Um, and, you know, it's sad. I mean, I've got stories that are that ended great, you know, I delivered $300,000 checks to people and saved the day and everything. But man, those ones that you miss, man, uh, they hurt. But I think, you know, getting yourself into a position where, you know, you get yourself on, on a claim, right? That is, you find yourself dealing with a claim and it changes everything about this business. Because, it, it, I, yeah, yeah, you're here to make money at first. But then you see what we really do and how it impacts people. 
death claims that you have. I don't know if you've ever been in a spot where you've had to file a death claim and then you go to the door, been to the door, Diane, knocked on the door, and, you know, the bodyguard shows up. What do you want? I'm the insurance agent. They go, oh. And they go, come in. And then you come in and it's only, it's it's the widow, it's her sister and her brother-in-law and you. And that's it. And it's just quiet in the house. And they are, they are like, we are so grateful that you did this. And then you push through and then it's for a family. This is going to save your home. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. It's I mean, it's a great feeling, but like what you see in like how it helps this family and how it makes a difference for them, it's it's mind-boggling. I've actually been motivated about this business more than ever because I was that kid, 18, who lost his mom. And my dad company insurance. So my dad was it was fourth and long for my dad. I had a little brother who was 13 and one that was one and a half years old. And um uh, my dad's solution was get a girlfriend and moved her into the house about a month after my mom was dead into the house. And so that just was, that was the beginning of a pretty dark chapter in my young adulthood and especially for my little brothers, but was, that was rough. That was not the solution. You know, I wish somebody would have pushed through and got help my dad get some insurance and understand the value of it. And now that I'm in that position where I could be that person, I push a lot harder. So I felt, you know, those feelings of like, what are we going to do? And we can't pay the bills and we're almost going to lose the house. And it's going to be a devastating situation. But people out there need us, man. I tell you. Um, so we got to push hard to make sure that we are getting people the coverage that they need. Um right. Because we can see we can see the future a little bit more than they can. <laughs> Hopefully, we got to help them realize, you know, what they can do for their families, you know, and make a difference there. So, well, thanks so much, all of you, for sharing these stories. And Ruthie, that was such a great question. So, I really want you to work on when they tell you they want to think. There's there's things that you're gonna have to learn to tell stories. If you're not a good storyteller, if you notice, Belle was very descriptive. Each one of them was telling a story. Facts tell, stories sell. And if you walk out of the house, you were sold that they wanted to wait. You didn't do enough. You didn't go far enough. That's all I'm going to tell you. There's books on how to tell stories. There's videos on how to be a good storyteller. Just these are great stories. But if you just go, oh, yeah, well, it's this much. Oh, you want to wait? Okay, well, I'll check with you in a couple of weeks. And then you may be dead. I don't know. That's not a very good story. <laughs> so come up, borrow these stories. Do something. I mean, I, I want to tell you this. I had an agent. This is a true story. He had a, fa a fairly new agent sometime back. He had uh, set an appointment. The guy had three kids, a wife and three kids, and it was just before Christmas. He calls the guy up and says, hey, I'm, uh, I want to cancel the appointment. It's Christmas. 
and the agent said, I get it. I understand. So we set the appointment up for the week, first week of January. So Jeff was his name. He calls and says, hey, because it was so long, I want to make sure, you know, we're on. Somebody else answers the phone. It was his brother. And he goes, he goes, who are you? He goes, well, I'm Jeff. I got an appointment. I'm an insurance agent. He goes, forget the guy's name. He died. He was in a car accident. He happened to be going to the store, got in a car accident, died on the spot. So no insurance for the wife and the three kids. And the guy said to him, well, you should have got here earlier because now he's not here. And you, I mean, the guy called me up crying because that was a young couple. So don't assume everybody, you heard it for Egypt. You don't know when somebody's time is up. Don't assume. So I am so glad that this question was asked because I think all of you on here today, if you just take heed of what the wisdom you just got here and apply it today, you're going to help more families. Yeah, you're going to make more money, but you're going to have more peace of mind. I'm telling you, knowing that you did the right thing. And some, and one day they will thank you, by the way, because sooner or later, it's the law of what's going to happen. So thank you, Ruthie, for that question. Can I help you? I sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's T-I-M-E-W-I-T-H-F-I-T-Z.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic and pick a time and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with the Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you soon.